0: hey what's going on y'all so um the last two days uh monday and tuesday i got the opportunity to head down to virginia and work with scott einsman um i hope i'm not butchering his last name but uh, i i got the opportunity to work with scott einsman from um the archery trade association ata uh created some content and um you know he was really cool about taking me out hunting and and filming my hunt and whatnot um but uh While I was down there, I had hoped to actually get this episode of When the Hunt Calls uploaded and published in time um, for you guys. But unfortunately, the hotel I was staying at, the Wi-Fi sucked. So I had planned on getting it uploaded once I got back here to New York City, got back home. But apparently, I'm still having issues. So it is 1 a.m., wednesday morning and i am re-recording the intro and the out to this episode um so if it is your first time ever listening to an episode of when the hunt calls i truly appreciate you guys checking it out um you know what I'm saying uh while i record edit and publish everything through my phone you know my audio audio quality isn't the best so i i I invite you to listen and to focus on not the quality of the audio, but the quality quality of the guests and the interviews that are, that are going on. Um, whenever I put these out, um, if you are a returning listener, you already know the deal, and I appreciate you checking me out. All right. So before I get into um, the episode. Wanted to take the opportunity to shout out a couple of folks uh, that I am partnered with, working with, or using their products. All right, so let's kick it off with Nor'easter Game Calls. I tell you guys every episode to check them out. Mark is a straight genius with his calls, straight artist with his calls. Um, Nor'easter Game Calls, custom game calls. Um, I highly recommend you check them out on Instagram at Nor'easter game calls and see the really beautiful work that Mark puts into his grunt calls, his duck calls, Um, whatever it is you need. I know Mark has it or can make it for you. You know what I'm saying? Out of whatever it is you're trying to make it out of. Um, I highly suggest you visit their website. That is www.north-easter eastergamecalls.com um and again look at all the stuff that he's put out um i personally have two uh grunt tubes from mark um one of the dopest things about mark is the the quality the high quality of uh you know service that he provides um you know he. You have an issue with your call. He has no problem with you with him paying the shipping and you sending it back to him and him fixing it, getting it back to you. He's even he even adds like a personal touch where he'll get on like a video chat with you and teach you how to use it properly. You know what I'm saying? Um, not many the many people out there will with their products will necessarily get out uh, get on a call with you and you know, show you how to use their stuff. They almost expect you to just go ahead and YouTube it and learn on your own. But Mark is really hands-on. Dude has a, you know, a regular 9 to 5, but every night I like to call his lab. He's down in the lab in the basement, you know, creating these beautiful custom calls for you guys. So don't forget, check them out, Nor'easter Game Calls, all right? Now, um, next up, on Next Hunt, there is a reason these guys are the number one GPS hunting app. All right. Uh, Onyx has been instrumental in all of my scouting this year. Last year, I scouted on my own. I didn't really mess around with any type of um, app or anything like that. Uh, this year, uh, Onyx has been a game changer for me. Um, from e-scouting at home on my computer, uh, just, you know, logging on to onyxmaps.com to, um, to saving information there, what I see, to then pulling it up on my phone. Same information I just, you know, saved on my laptop, now appears on the app on my phone. Um, I highly recommend you guys check it out. Uh, the app is available for iOS and um, Android, so whichever you have, you are good to go. But there is a dope new 3D feature that is in beta with Onyx right now. And... It is only available for iOS users. Um, if you are an Android user, your best bet to uh, in order to check out the 3D feature is to go to onxmaps.com. Basically, go to the website on your laptop and check it out. All right. Don't forget, y'all. It is on X apps. On hunt app. I'm sorry. All right. Um, available for iOS, for Apple, available for Android. So visit the Google Play Store or the um you know, the Apple, the app store on Apple and download it today. Remember, know where you stand with the Onyx Hunt app. All right, y'all. Welcome to episode 45 of When the Hunt Calls. All right. My name is Cliff Cadet. I'm your host and got some dope guests lined up for you today. Yes, I said guests because for the first time on When the Hunt Calls, I am interviewing Multiple guests at the same time, and there's a reason for that. Um, my guests today are three women who are the co-founders of Long Island Babes and Bucks. Um, LIBB um, are is is a group of is an organization, if you will, actually that seeks to bring together women, hunters, and anglers from all walks of life, um, and. They're really, really great. Um, they're really all about empowering the, the woman hunter, the woman angler. Um, you can see a lot of their content um, on social media, you know, on Instagram, on Facebook and whatnot. Um, some really great women. So the, the three women I'm interviewing today, as I said, are the three co-founders of the group. Um, they are Jacqueline Molina, uh, Maria Estadio. And Julia Weisenberg. I hope I did not butcher her name, (laughs) Um, but uh, definitely check it out. I really hope you guys enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, on the line with me are the founders of Long Island Babes and Bucks. And that is Jacqueline Molina, uh, Julia Weisenberg and Marissa Estadio. Thank you, ladies, for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yep, yep. I really appreciate it. I know um, uh, a couple of you, if not all of you, were out hunting today, correct?
1: Yep. Yep. (laughs) All
0: right. Any any luck out there for any of you? No, not today. No? All right.
2: uh, I had two does under my stand, but
3: nothing that I wanted to take.
0: Uh, That's a lot more than I've seen in the last couple of weeks, to be honest. (laughs)
3: i I actually had an eight point buck and two does but they were like past the 50 yard mark and um i got to see a hawk take out a squirrel again or attempt to take out a squirrel
0: and (laughs) oh wow
3: Kind of exciting and then i got to watch a buck uh actually do do a, a scrape on the ground like you know he took his hoof and scraped so i'd never seen that like in action before from a stand so it was kind of cool
0: Oh wow, that's awesome! I think that's probably one been one of the best parts for me as being a new hunter and being out in the woods is actually seeing um, the wildlife. Cause like um, my first sit of the season, I actually got to see a woodpecker for the first time. So oh, I, yes. I, I, I know it's, it sounds it's probably like small time for you ladies, but for for me it was like oh wow, you know what I'm saying? And it
1: never gets
0: old. <laughs> There's this
2: one red fox that hangs out at one of my spots, and I'm always like starstruck when I see him
0: yeah Mm -hmm. nice nice all right so um let's let's jump right into it i'm gonna start with um i'm gonna ask you three all the same question but uh i'll start with um jacqueline um i want to i want to know um what got you into hunting is this something is it like something of a tradition in your family or is it something you got into as an adult like how did that come around
2: so this question always kind of like makes me laugh because I don't come from a family of hunters or anglers. I'm the first and only in my family as of now. Um, what got me into hunting was an ex-boyfriend um, like a long time ago, but he didn't really, he bought me the bow and you know he bought me the clothes and he took me in the stand, um, but he didn't really teach me anything. I was in nursing school at the time and I, I just remember just studying all the time and I would ask all the questions like, you know, basic questions like, why do you have to get in your stand by like 5 a.m.? Why do you have to spray, you know, buck bomb or, you know, why do you do certain things? And he just didn't really teach me anything. So when that um, relationship ended, I really just, you know, really jumped into hunting and fishing and learned a lot of it on my own. And I had a really great hunting mentor. Um, His name is Rich and he took me under his wing and he really, you know, taught me everything I knew.
0: Nice. I'd, I'd like to t- when once I've uh spoken to Julia and Marissa as well, I want to swing back around to Rich because I saw a post today <laughs> where you guys you guys shouted him out and I wanted to be like and I wanted to ask because I was gonna ask who's been the hunting mentor for you guys. So now let me jump over to Julia real quick. Now, how about you, Julia? How'd you get into hunting?
3: Uh, well, just like Jackie, uh, I'm the only hunter in my family. I don't don't come from a family of hunters, um, but my mother had taken archery in college, and she always just told me stories about how much she really enjoyed it. Um, and I grew up in a very like outdoor environment. My my dad. Um, was very like outdoors guy always in the woods you know raking leaves and chopping wood and painting and all this kind of stuff so he and also just you know pre-cell phones and like before our kids on the internet we were like out in the woods you know and that's just what we did we played outside and so i've always had like been drawn to wildlife and then um i left new york city in 2015 and i moved back to my hometown and decided i wanted to go back to like my outdoor living and my like natural roots, so when I did that, one of the things I just was always intrigued by hunting, and just hard to explain. But like I always had this instinct that I would be good at it. I, I don't know why. Uh, I never watched anybody hunt. I just like knew about it, and I knew that there were hunters on Shelter Island where I lived. And I got my license, and then I was really like solo. You know, I didn't have a mentor then. I like Jackie. I have I have Doug, um, who's my neighbor up the road, and he's my mentor. Um, he's done so much for me, but before that it was just me, you know, and it was like, I'll dominate a sport. I didn't have like other women to ask questions of and I just, (laughs) you know, I practiced and I went to an archery place and just tried to get better at doing it.
0: Nice. And um, you Marissa?
3: So, um, I technically
1: got into uh, white tail bow hunting through my husband. But my dad is a falconer. My brother was a falconer. So my whole life I've been around it and in the outdoors and kind of going back to what Julia was just saying. I I always loved the outdoors. I mean, I used to play by myself in the woods when I was little and it just felt very natural to me. Actually, I feel more myself now at 33 years old than I did probably my whole life. I was always really embarrassed by the fact that my dad was a falconer because <laughs> growing up there was nobody else, not only that was a falconer, but even that hunted. I mean, in general, um, you didn't even hear about it. I mean, my cousins upstate hunt, but that's like a whole other thing. So um, mm. to finally be able to embrace all of that, it just feels so much better than, you know, my whole entire childhood feeling like I was like different. Um, so. Yeah, that's my husband um, and my cousin, Tom, are my mentors. They taught me everything that I know. Um, I hunt with them and we hunt with a few other friends out at a farm. Um, so, yeah, they taught me everything that I know about um, bow hunting.
0: All right. So real quick, Marissa, I'm not I'm not going to lie, but even as a kid, falconing, being a falconer would have sounded dope to me. Like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean,
1: maybe to a boy, but all of my girlfriends when I was, like, a preteen, <laughs> not so much. <laughs>
0: really? Now, <laughs> I mean, it's, but um, it's, it's still cool. Like, I, I truly, truly appreciate that. I mean, all all three of you and even, like, all the ladies that I see that are part of, you know, Long Island Babe, Babes and Bucks, You know, are pretty dope. You guys are out there on the regular. It's funny, like during not even uh, not even during the hunting season, but it seems like there's always one of you within your group that is out somewhere, either out in the woods or out on the water. So we're always out. Yeah, that's that's what I find to be really dope. Um, Now, let me ask: as women being uh, who had been new to sport, did you find any? difficulties any hardships Bec- being a woman you know getting into it like was it uncomfortable going to a bow shop or anything like that and maybe getting looks anything like
2: oh 100% I mean where do you want to start that's a very open-ended question <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well... walking into an archery shop and going to shoot your <clears> bow <throat> you know and let alone like my bow is pink you've seen my arrows are hot pink and black you know I walk into you know my my local archery shops and you know, in the very beginning, you know, all the guys are just looking at me and, you know, they kind of, do they, do they take you seriously? Does she hunt? Is she just an archery girl? Like, you know, they didn't really know what's going on. And then, and that's actually how Julie and I met, she was watching me shoot at Smith's Point Archery. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's, there's tons of like, I guess, issues with being a female hunter, and especially like I hunt alone, predominantly. And um, just even getting hunting spots, sometimes, like, the guy will be on board like yeah you can hunt my property and then it's like as soon as the wife or girlfriend or partner takes a look at you then it's like squash it's like no you can't hunt here so oh wow and, you know, that definitely <laughs> happened and then um just even in some of like the hunting pages like the mail run hunting pages you know I remember I posted a question asking you know I'm looking to change up my broadheads what does anyone recommend and I just got like slammed with like the friend requests and then like the guys and the DMs, like, and then the, the people saying that you don't really hunt, you're just here for attention. Like, oh, who dear. is waking up at 4am for attention to <laughs> go <in> the woods? <laughs> You know, so there's all kinds of things, and it's, it's just, like, you know, even, like, the other day, like, I made a post on my social media, just because it's just, I'm just so sick of, like, all the comments we get, like, people constantly telling us how to hunt, how to fish, what to use, we're doing this wrong, you know, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. So, in that sense, yeah, there's just a lot of You know, negative.
1: Even down to, like, there's just so many things. Like, even with all of that aside, like, down to the clothing, like, selection, you can't just walk to the store and buy something. You just can't. And even right now with COVID, forget ordering it online. Like, it's it's impossible to, like, stuff like that, too. It's just really hard to um, deal with it as a woman. Like, it's just not easy for us. Like, everything is just a challenge. It's just yeah, not available.
2: the clothes are baggy, nothing really fits a woman's body, and it's, you know, well, you don't Well, exactly.
3: feel- you guys think you got a problem. I mean, I'm like <laughs> <six too. laughs> So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine, like, how horrified I was, like, walking yeah. into like, the size section, they're all looking at me, and they're like, what is she doing here, like, why is she buying in this rack? Like, uh, because <laughs> her height, dude, and I got to buy clothes. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, oh,
2: real? so it's it's an intimidating sport to start. So if you're a female and you don't have any male friends or a boyfriend or a husband or, you know, someone that knows it, it's definitely very intimidating and scary. And, you know, that's where babes and bucks comes in for a lot of these women.
3: Yeah. I, I felt pressure, like, even though I, I didn't have as negative experience, I'd say, but I'm, I'm from a very small town, so I feel like I had that advantage. Like, if I lived in a larger, like, suburb or city, like Jackie and... Marissa do I I'm not sure if I'd had the same positive experience But I felt like I had to research a lot and I had to read up on everything so that I wouldn't look stupid When I went to go talk to some of the guys in my town like, you know I just wanted to like not sound stupid. So I'd read everything like watch all the YouTube videos (laughs) Mm, I
0: I can totally relate (laughs) I can I apologize for cutting you off. Um, but I I can totally relate because Um, I spent the last year diving deep into podcasts just so I can learn the terminology just so when I ask questions, I wouldn't feel stupid. Or if I go into the shop, I wouldn't feel like an idiot or anything like that. So I totally get it. But, um, I didn't think about the challenges that, um, that you're facing in terms of like, uh, gear in terms of camel and stuff like that, all that clothing. Um, yeah. Just a just plug real quick, I had a young lady from Texas on. If you guys aren't following her, I would highly recommend. Um, she goes by the name Hannah the Plus Size Hunter. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. We follow, she, we follow her. We posted her before. She's great. I've, yeah. We've, um, we've um, spoken with her through Instagram. She's great.
0: Yeah, she is uh, really great, and um, it's funny because she she started that page because of the fact that um, you know, being a, a plus size hunter, she was having difficulty finding clothing for herself. But then she's had other people reach out to her because not only being um, you know, plus size, but either being too short or tall, or you know, so women hunters have vibed with her on another level. So that's pretty cool.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Um, all right, so um, that will bring me to, you know, what got you guys to start Long Island Babes and Bucks?
2: So, okay, do you want the whole story?
0: <laughs> uh, I, I Listen, if you got the time, I got the time.
2: <laughs> I'll, keep it, I'll keep it short. It <clears throat> started, it was August of last year. I was shooting at Smith's Point Archery, and Julia was a few lanes over from me, and like first I got excited because there's another girl in the shop Um, (laughs) yeah you don't know how exciting that is so she was kind of watching me shoot and she she complimented me in my shooting and you know I was kind of watching her shoot a little bit and then you know Julia was super friendly and nice and approached me and we just started talking about hunting and she had told me this was her first season and um so we exchanged numbers and then over the next few weeks she kept asking me all these adorable questions like (laughs) what do you put in your backpack and then so finally, I took all my items out of my backpack and took a like a, I stood over them and took a picture and I okay. sent it to her and she would like screenshot back like, what's this? What's this? What's that? Um, you know, she was very inquisitive, which I love that because it was just exciting to have another female hunter. Um, and then Marissa had just gotten married and she posted a dope picture of her and her husband um, in her wedding dress and his his tux or suit. And they were both shooting their bows. So I complimented her on that. And then her and I started messaging a little bit. And then shortly social after that... Ju- what? Oh. As a
1: social media friend.
2: Yeah. Shortly <laughs> after that, Julia was approached um, to be in the New York Times article about female hunters tackling the, the over deer population. And Julia had asked if I wanted to be a part of it. And then when it was my turn to be interviewed, they had asked me if I knew any other female hunters. And I literally had just became like started becoming friends with Marissa. Yeah. So... Marissa and I we did a hunt together we had the New York Times photographer come on a hunt with us um, and then we literally spent the whole day together and that was this past January and that was the first time Marissa and I had actually met um, believe it or not because it it sounds like we've known each other forever Um, (laughs) so then from there once the article dropped in February like we knew that we had to do something with all this like energy and you know anything that was gonna come out of it. Like we knew we had to kind of like do something with this. Um so I we started the Long Island Babes and Bucks and we wanted it to be a place where um women can come and just hang out and just fish and hunt and just you know, like any typical like hunting or fishing social media group, that's what our Facebook group is about. And it's just a place where you can be yourself. You can be girly, you can be um you know a tomboy you could be whatever you want to be but it's a safe place um for women to do that
1: yeah to ask questions to not feel embarrassed and right you know to get another woman's opinion instead of having to ask a guy a lot of women Mm -hmm. feel more comfortable with that
3: and then it's also opened up like opportunities for some of these newer women hunters who are just getting started like they've actually paired up and or we've you know mm-hmm. give them opportunities or ideas of where to go or how to get started or who to ask so it's really i think it's actually started them like on the path to really hunting as opposed to just talking about it
1: yeah and then yeah you know, it, there's even started. a lot of girls that like especially being on long island there's definitely more women here in general that fish rather than hunt and we have a fair amount of women who are now getting into bow hunting who I honestly don't think would have thought about it beforehand but because there's you know a community of it now they're like oh you know I guess I could do that like why not I fish why don't I try to hunt and and it's just also- awesome to see like so many of our friends yeah. like getting involved mm-hmm. in it
3: and yeah, one of the I was I like only a hunter and now through the our group I've met other women who are fisher uh, who fish and they've taught me to fish and I was never a fisher like never into it <laughs> so oh great wow.
2: One of the things that we also want to like hammer home is that you don't need a man, a husband or a partner or anyone to do these things that you can do this on your own. There's, you know, myself too. entering hunting and fishing. um, You know, I started off just basically fluke fishing and now I'm, you know, going tuna fishing all the time, thresher fishing. I'm hunting bucks by myself. I'm doing it all by myself. But you know, we just want to show women that you don't need someone to do all these things. You can learn and do it yourself. And now there's a growing community that has tons of support from you know everyone, and it's just amazing, you know.
3: Yeah.
0: No, that is that is awesome to create such a support system for women. um, You know, especially out east, out on Long Island, that is really great. Um, I can totally totally understand. Um, It's so great that you got that you ladies. I should say. Um, you know, met via social media, um, bonded over archery, yeah. and then, you know, you guys have taken it to the next level. So I really, really commend y'all. Thank
3: um, you. Thanks.
0: No, no doubt. Um, so my, I'm curious, uh, Julia, real quick. So yeah. how did that um, New York Times article come about?
3: Um, so the woman who was the author of that Uh, article Charity Roby she lives on Shelter Island and she's a reporter for our local paper and I've had a long relationship with her for many years Um, and she you know she knew I was hunting uh, because again Shelter Island is a very small community close-knit and and we all know each other so she knew that and what she had she had actually done something kind of like uh, innovative she was probably the first reporter in our town who followed our ACO um, officer uh, Bo Payne. And she actually went up in a tree stand uh, uh, not, like not in his stand, but nearby and sat for hours and observed him and wrote a great, this great article about bow hunting in our paper. So she just happened to be a reporter who was really intrigued by it because our, mm-hmm. our town has a problem with uh, you know ticks and stuff like that. So we have like a, a very important deer management program going. So she mm-hmm. um, just reached out to me and, She said, you know, do you know any other female hunters because I've been asked by the New York Times to kind of pursue this topic and that and I had just met Jackie like Jackie just explained. So it worked out like it was just fate that, you know, she reached out at the right time and I passed on names and it was great. Yeah.
0: Did you receive any kind of negative attention? I would have figured with a with a paper like New York Times that article would have been out. Um, you know, did you have guys have to experience any any blowback from like some some anti-hunters or anything like that?
2: It's funny because we were actually a little like nervous about that article coming out in a very yeah. um, you know, um publication where they it's not typically in favor of hunting, but the way, I don't know if you've read the article, but the way that it was presented, um, it was you um, know more so about we're, we're managing an issue in Long Island and Shelter Island yeah. that's affecting hunters and non-hunters.
1: Yeah. yeah. They did a really good job with that. Yeah.
2: I was very oh. nervous about it, actually. And, I, you know, I kept mm-hmm. calling Charity, being, can you take this out or can you not say, I, you know, I do that or something, you know, because I was getting kind of nervous about, like, we were going to get some backlash about it, but it was very tastefully done. And um, I personally haven't received any negative feedback um, you know, any negative feedback regarding, if anything, we got, we got like praise and support and
3: yes, yeah, you know, felt Island was pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. See, I've been, I've been uh, kind of cautious myself. I got approached by two guys out West in Cali wanting to do a documentary on myself and my mentor. Um, But <laughs> truthfully, I, it, it seemed kind of sketchy to me from the get go and it being my first real season that you know I'm doing things, even though I'm not getting out there as much as I'd like, I'm still doing things way better than I did last year. So um, mm-hmm. I didn't want that messed up, so I kind of squashed that. So, but I'm glad to hear that your article got so much positive you know attention and it, and it was done the right way. So congrats to that. Um, Thank you. Is that article available anywhere? I just want to make sure because I'd love my for myself Pardon. and my listeners to be able to. I'll attach a link to the show notes and share that link as well.
2: Yeah, if you go to our Instagram page, it's under uh, the profile page. Um, If you go to any of our individual accounts, it's right on our profile page as well. Um, And honestly, if you just Google, if you literally type into Google, like deer management or female hunters on Long Island, that will come up like instantly. Nice,
3: nice was also um npr uh podcast that charity and i and like two uh two other people from dc were on and i don't i have it saved in my notepad so i can send that to you as well that, that's a good that's a pretty good interview and it was good because it had like every group represented like from local to just the hunter to dc and mm-hmm. it's good
0: podcast cool so yes. being that um you know you you acknowledge that there it's a big deer management program out of long island because you guys are dealing with ticks what are you guys you know i'm gonna start out with uh marissa i'm not sure marissa, if you're familiar with the the deer problem in staten island
1: no i no. did not know there's a deer problem in staten island yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so so apparent so apparently. Um, the deer swim over from Jersey, all right? Yeah. And the, the deer population is growing in Staten Island. But our knucklehead mayor here a couple of years ago, um, instead of, because, you know, I mean, hunting is illegal in the five boroughs, so they hired a um, a uh, nonprofit out of VA, I think out of Virginia, to basically, um, what they do is overnight, they tranquilize the deer Um uh, yeah. Them in, they sterilize them, mm-hmm. and then put them back out in the herd. And apparently, it's not, it's not, uh, what's the word I want to look? For? It's not producing the results that they were hoping for, because yeah. uh, traffic uh, accidents are still, you know, still up. The uh, population is still going up, so it's. Uh, I was just wondering because since you guys, it seems like what you guys are doing out on Long Island is what should be done, you know, in Staten Island.
1: Yeah. So there's a it, this is kind of um a touchy sh- subject with some people but um i personally like the farm that i hunt is so overpopulated mm. that we will literally just take out whatever we can because that's what needs to happen out there there's some spots on long islands that you wouldn't do that in you know and there's some people that you know um it depends on where you're hunting honestly like if you're hunting in a residential area you're not really going to do that as much because there's not going to be as many there but um the farm for example that i hunt there are so many deer i mean like when i sit there i see at least 20 or more so um i personally i know julia knows a little bit more about the education with all of that than (coughs) me and jackie do but um the, the whole tranquilizing thing, I mean, I don't even know how long they've been doing that, but hunting has been around forever, and <laughs> that is what works. That's no. what works. And, and tranquilizing deer is, I mean, I myself don't feel comfortable with that because I eat the meat, so mm-hmm. now you're putting hormones in it, and that's just, you know, that's one of the reasons that I harvest my own meat is because I know it doesn't it's not pumped full of of hormones and um I mean that's that's just one of the reasons that that's a problem but um I don't know Julia do you know like I know there is there's actual like statistics on it that uh, how long they've been trying to do that
3: yeah I mean this is it's not just in Staten Island they've they've attempted this out in, in the Hamptons at times. And the thing is, if you, if you speak with anyone from the DC, what they will tell you is that that method is not really that effective. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like, like she just said, um, sometimes they'll do the tranquilization and the the sterilization, but they don't know like what phase that deer is in. So sometimes the deer can actually be pregnant and then they tranquilize them. So they're pregnant, they're, they're pregnant, but they can't give birth. And, and also the other thing is that, like like we just said, hunting has been going on for centuries and it is the traditional historical way of being conservationists, of keeping nature in balance. And most hunters are community invested. Like they're, they're not just trophy people. They're people that are going out. They're using the entire animal. Like in my case, in my hometown, and I know other townships as well, they have a venison donation program so Mm -hmm. a hunter is like in the woods they're they're attuned to nature they're respectful and they're also frankly all their equipment and their 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 license that that they pay for and their dues and so forth that all goes back into our government to work on preserving and conserving land so all that money that we that we get from all these hunters across the nation it's going to something good it's going to preserving our our forests and our wildlife Um, Not to mention like all the destruction that deer cause, not with just automobiles, but deforestation. So these are all things that people don't always consider. They just look at the animal and say, oh, well, you're hunting. Yeah, but we're we're doing it in the most humane, effective, like giving back to the community. When you take that meat and you serve it to someone who's in need, that's like the cycle of life, you know. Um, rather than, this is just my opinion, calling in an agency or an organization who sends in people from another state, they do this procedure, but they're not invested in the community. They're in, they're out, they get paid and they're gone. Um, it's, yes. it's a uh, thing, but again, I don't have the statistics, but I do know that the, the DEC is not entirely, um, advocating for that. They actually see hunting as the more effective method of controlling deer population.
0: Nice. So Thank you very much.
2: Going back to the Staten Island part, um, I have a friend. um, He's actually been a longtime supporter of Babes and Bucks since day one. And he's always messaging. He lives in Staten Island. He's always telling me, um, you know, he's always sending me messaging pictures of deer or deer, like big, big bucks, like on the side of the road that have been hit or just, you know, injured or just bucks that he's seen around his work site. And it like, you know, it kills him that he can't hunt there. And they're just it's so overpopulated there. And, you know, he's a Staten Island resident, so he tells me firsthand You know the issues that you know these all these deer are causing to you know Staten island you know you have the ticks and then just everything um so then um going back to what marissa said with like managing properties i manage um uh, i do deer management for a vineyard and it's just like covered in deer just everywhere and um it's just you know some of these deer on this particular property they're tagged, like they have tags in their ears and when i shot my doe Um, a week or so ago, you know, how you can bring the tag and get a replacement tag through DEC. I went to the Stony Brook location, um, and spoke with one of the DEC guys and they were just, um, telling me, you know, they tried to sterilize a lot of these deer, but obviously it's not working. Um, and I asked them about the tag deer. I was like, can I take any of those? And they said, yeah, you can take them. Um, they're just kind of trying to monitor and to see if the sterilization has been effective, um, which, you know, obviously it has not. So. Wow. Yeah. See, it's
0: it's funny because um I learned of a program last year down in D.C., and um they have their own urban archery initiative program, which is, um, essentially the the down there within the residential areas, it's you know, it's overrun with deer, deer eating, uh you know expensive landscapes, so <laughs> you know and a lot of at a lot of expensive homes, and um so what they do there is literally. Uh, a hunter, it's a, I, I don't know if it's a special permit or a special tag, but they get their tags, they get that permit. Um, a resident simply has to apply for, I yep. believe it's a type of nuisance license. Right. Um, a nuisance per- permit. Nuisance permit. Yeah, we- and then the hunter can literally just, and of course they've got to hunt from the tree. So they, you know, um, for safety reasons, because, um, you know, you don't want, you get a, you know, a pass through on a deer. God forbid the arrow goes out into. You know the street, and then the deer. This program, um, pretty much all the deer gets donated to the local food banks and shelters. Right.
3: You know what I'm
0: saying? So, um, to me, I figured that's the more humane way to do it instead of um. Someone once brought up, um, you know, you figure you're hunting a deer with a tranq gun. You know, they 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 bust you and they start running full speed. You shoot them with a tranq gun and they drop to the ground. You know what I'm saying? Chances are they're they're breaking their legs, they're breaking something hitting the ground there like that at full speed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's uh it's just weird to me. Um I'm not very happy with our mayor out here, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, well, going
1: to the uh, you know, you brought up if like a broken leg like that, um I hate seeing an animal suffer. And mm-hmm. that's that's a whole other thing, is like We're in a very suburban area and there's a lot of deer that get hit and, you know, something I hate more than seeing a huge buck dead on the side of the road is seeing one walking around injured and I have one on my trail cam right now that can, it doesn't put any weight on one of its back legs. I mean like not even a little bit, it's basically walking with three legs and I just I want to see it just so I can take it out. Like it's terrible that it's obviously in pain. It's clearly in pain, and mm-hmm. that's you know it. It's it's something that I wish that I could stress to more people or that I could get through to more people. That you know they're so overpopulated that they're getting hit by cars, and you know you don't you don't want to see that.
3: Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I agree. All right, so you know what I wanna um. I'll start with Marissa with this, this next question. What if anything, um, and I, I hate to make it negative, but I like to kind of shed light on maybe some negative things with hopes of proposing solutions, whether it's with you ladies or through social media, but what if anything about the hunting industry or the hunting community kind of ticks you off? Like, is there anything right now, um, any issues, uh, again, with Marissa, I'm starting, um, that that kind of bugs you that you see within the community or the industry
1: um well with the industry definitely female clothing (laughs) which we already (laughs) touched. yeah that's like instantly like that's always a problem um but i would say the community is pretty good um we Obviously started the female group because we didn't feel entirely comfortable in the male group. So that kind of that speaks to that a little bit. But um, I never really had any negative comments. So I I can't really, you know, say anything bad. Um, I don't know if like the other girls have experiences, but I, I don't know. I don't really I think that it's great. I like I said earlier. I kind of grew up my whole life feeling like this was who I was, but was never able to express it or or tap into it. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's just all positive. But um, yeah. I'm also married, so I think I have a little. I don't know. I get approached a little differently. Maybe <laughs> I guess it's like, uh, people, you know, they don't really have an opinion about what I'm doing because they probably think that somebody's going to be backing me up and telling them to shut up so
0: (laughs) (laughs) got it got it um jack Jacqueline, same same question
1: um
2: i you know i I guess in the community it's just um not being taken seriously I, i felt like once i've gotten you know my first couple of deer under my belt especially when i got my my six point buck last year um i felt like then I truly got I guess I earned the respect of like male hunters and you know that they they realize oh she's serious um she's a real deal so it's just frustrating that like I as a woman have to prove myself as a hunter but you know every guy out there can go and take tree stand selfies and never shoot a deer but they're they automatically have the respect right Um, Mm. so there's you know that sense and then just having to um you know, I'm. If you've seen my personal account, I'm. I'm very girly, so it's like, you know, you'll see me in the woods with makeup and my nails done, and then you know, you get the comments from the guys, and it's like, it's just funny to me because I'm still whacking deer and catching fish, regardless of, <laughs> you know, if I have makeup or nails or not. It's just who yeah. I let's am, just
1: so. put that out there right now. That's a total myth. I have seen deer every time I've sat with makeup on, it has no effect.
0: Fish. So no, hold on. It doesn't. So. So what is it? So they what they what do they tell you that uh you can't you can't kill any deer with makeup on?
2: They're like, why are you wearing makeup? It's like, why yeah. do you care? <laughs> like they get like I don't know like it's it's like the funniest thing. It's like you can't be a girly girl and hunt, or you can't be girly and fish, or it's like I don't know. They expect you to look and act a certain way, I guess. So I don't know. Um, what all that-
0: right? You know, you know what? Before I jump to Julia with a question, I gotta ask: Do you ever? Do you give uh, Jacqueline? Do you ever get any crap for your bow? being pink, uh, uh, having pink on it, you know, saying anything like that?
2: Oh, 100%. And then I just, um, I show them my six point buck and the the dough that I've taken and all the hunting spots on private property that I've accumulated because of, you know, people respecting me. But yeah, you know, same thing. And, you know, I I fish with the pink rod and my my extra tough boots are pink. That's just who I am. That's not going to change. And it's, you know, that's
3: it.
0: Nice. And uh, Julia, same question. Any any issues or anything you think the, the hunting community or industry could work on?
3: Well, not related to gender, but just the hunting community, you know, overall, I, I guess I was just thinking like just like any profession, like, you know, there's extraordinary teachers and then there's teachers that are awful. And, you know, <laughs> there's good drivers and poor drivers and every group has this. So there's always those. Unethical hunters, you know, people who are like stealing trail cams and taking down, you know, stands or stealing equipment or, (laughs) you know, showing pictures. Gotta love
2: when your stand is stolen.
3: Yeah, she had (laughs) one. Oh wow! I mean, it just (laughs) it just makes like us good hunters, both male and female, who are really like ethical and we're out there and we're 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 trying to like I always tell people like when you're going out there you are representing like everybody like and his neighbor like you're you're yeah. representing the whole hunting community so mm-hmm. get crap right like you know don't don't do something stupid and get caught and have somebody show it and then it makes the rest of us look bad so and that's one of the things I learned from my mentor and like now I'm I'm becoming like a, a DC instructor so like one of my the little sections that I like to teach are on ethics because like, I like to say that like you know when you go out think about, go through your checklist, think about what you're doing. Like, is that a ethical shot? Do you have your equipment safe? Like, don't be stupid because you're going to give us all a bad name. (laughs) So Uh I think, yeah, Uh jerks that are still around, you know, maybe.
0: Nice. Now you, you touched on something, um, real quick. Uh, you touched on, uh, mentors. Um, I wanted to, I wanted you guys to, I wanted to give you guys, a. uh, I guess a couple minutes to talk about your individual mentors or i mean we could touch on i believe rich um mm-hmm. for you for you jacqueline like yep. um how important do you believe you know hunting mentors are and what qualities do you think someone new to hunting um should look for in a mentor oh
2: i think a mentor is a great place to start especially if, if you have no other connections and you have no idea what you're doing um you know, Rich has been a great mentor since day one, literally showed me how to put my harness on properly, you know, how to climb up climbing sticks, you know, he's put me in some sketchy stands and hang ons. And he's definitely made me the hunter I am today. Um, And, you know, he was definitely tough on me, but I definitely appreciated that. Um, As far as qualities, um, you know, you definitely want someone that's an ethical hunter, that's an honest hunter, that's gonna, you know, teach you how to do things properly, the, the right way, that's receptive to all of your questions, that's supportive, you know, um, that's going to really just hands-on show you how to do everything. You know, Rich really showed me hands-on how to feel dress. You know, I was doing everything myself with him, you know, standing over my shoulder. So it's important that someone really just kind of throws you in there with while supporting you. And, you know, I, t- I talk to Rich every single day. You know, we talk all the time. And, you know, it's just um, that support system, you know.
0: Mm. um julia you mentioned i believe it was you that mentioned the gentleman by the name of doug
3: yeah doug Sherard is is my mentor from shelter island and uh he actually lives up the road for me which is kind <laughs> of it um so you know if i get a deer i can just immediately text him or vice versa and um like like uh jacqueline just said you know because Like I've used the word mentor with him and he always jokes like, that's silly. Like when you say mentor, it like implies that like I've reached such a level that I know everything. And he's like, and he doesn't feel like that. Like he said, each season, he's always being open to try something new and to learn a new skill or to, you know, explore something in hunting. And so he's kind of instilled that in me. Um, He also taught taught me how to butcher. So to do that kind of thing, you know, it's got to be somebody who has a lot of patience and... Has the time and and like the place to do it, um, but like Jackie said, I, I talk to Doug pretty much every day. We text, um, and you know we we both lead busy work lives, but on the evenings and the weekends, sometimes we're hunting and texting each other. Um, and he's taught me everything about like he basically it would be someone who would text me and say, "Hey, Jules, I just got a deer. Come down, and you can take it, and it's up to you to butcher it." You know, and that's what he used to do. He would give me his deer to practice on. Um, so i i I'm indebted to him really, about equipment and practicing and learning, and you know little things that you wouldn't think of um yeah, and testing me on things too so
0: that's what's up and and Marissa, you had mentioned your husband, correct
1: yeah, my husband, I'm actually my cousin Tom, um though so they were primarily who I started hunting with uh that's the farm that I hunt actually it was through my cousin, so my husband and my cousin became very close through hunting, and um, we all we always hunt together. But same thing. I mean, even before I was hunting, they would have me involved in everything else. So every time they would come back with a deer, or even when I was just sitting with them and I didn't have a bow yet, and I was just sitting to like see what it was about, and we'd track deer, and you know, I'd watch them field dress. So kind of just getting into it even before I knew I was going to be into it. Um, And them teaching me everything, Um, you know, they're they're both really patient and really awesome at explaining everything to me without making me feel like, why don't you know that, you know, like they they're very thorough with it all and um, just super awesome about encouraging me and pushing me. I mean, that is. One of the one of the things you would definitely want in a mentor is somebody who is going to push you to that next step that you did not think that you were capable of. Um, so like, for example, the the climbing sticks, like I could not do the lone wolf climbing sticks at all. Like I was terrified. I would climb them, and then when I would get to the top, I was like so afraid to transfer into the sand and Like a year, even a year ago, like I would still freeze when I got to the top and was like about to attach myself to my harness and now I can do it like no problem. So like there's just, you know, if it weren't for them telling me like you can do this, you don't need to be in a ladder stand, you don't need, you know, whatever, um, I wouldn't be able to do it. So a mentor that's like the positive reinforcement telling you that you're able to do it is really important.
0: Nice. Yeah, they
2: really are just our biggest cheerleaders, aside from, like, the Babes and Bucks girls and, you know, me, Julie and Marissa. We're, whenever we're in a hunt, we're always group texting each other. And, you know, it's it's great to have the support of a mentor or someone that's supporting you hunting and then also have, you know, the girl support as well.
0: Nice. And Marissa, can I ask, uh, between you and your husband, who's killed the biggest deer? <laughs> <laughs>
1: easily him multiple <laughs> times over we're still trying to work on getting me a buck <laughs> we have a, we have a bunch but this is only so this is my third season hunting my first mm-hmm. season i literally didn't see a single deer and i mean like not even from a distance i didn't see anything i was about to give up i was like this is ridiculous like this is what hunting is and it's was like no <laughs>
2: like
1: <laughs> not what it is so then um, last season, I saw a decent amount, not every time I sat, but a decent amount. And that's when I, I got my first year. And then um, so this this season, we're really hoping for a buck for me.
0: Nice. Nice. So. um, All right. So I had asked you, you ladies, you know, what was something, um, you know, an issue or something negative that you had noticed maybe about the hunting industry or the hunting community. But I want to flip it now um, and make it more positive. Like, what's been um, I guess one of your most positive experiences in regards to the hunting community and the industry? Um, We could start with with Julia.
3: Hey, it's been like a form of relaxation and a de-stressor because I have three kids and I work a lot <laughs> and just it's something about hunting um you know focus you know archery re- requires you to really like be still and super focused and I find that like as a way to like let go and then I kind of got got back into writing poetry like I said on another podcast one time that each time I go to hunt I write poetry and for me nice. that's my relaxation. Like I just I escape in there and everyone has to leave me alone. Sometimes I don't even go on my texts. and I just shut the world out and I'm in the woods. And so for me it's like not just hunting for like service, to your community, and it's but it's also you know, you go. Now, it's like a total pure
0: downtown got it got it all right Jacqueline what's uh what's your like most positive experience when it comes to the hunting industry the hunting community or just hunting in general
2: um I would just have to say the support and the the encouragement you know and the motivation um that I've gotten from the community especially like over the years you know my personal friends and you know, whoever's friends at Vance Social Media, they've really accepted who I am as a female hunter and an angler. And this is what I do. And, you know, from the months of October 1st to January 31st, you're pretty much going to see all, like, my hunting pictures. And then, you know, come, like, April to August, it's all about fishing. So it's just really cool to see people supportive and, you know, encouraging and motivating, um, you know, your your passion. All
0: right. Before before I jump over to Marissa, I got to ask you, Jacqueline. Why do you guys out on Long Island get to hunt till January 31st? That's not fair. Why,
3: why do we get to hunt? I just, wait, to there. <laughs> That's normal hunting. <laughs> That's
0: yeah, Because uh, here, I mean, the rest of the state, I think, uh, gets until December, mid-December to late December. Oh. But I got to oh. ask, like, yeah, like you guys on the island get till January 31st. You're the only okay, ones in the you, state that go. So
2: non-residents like Nassau too? Say it again. Do you mean like Nassau County as well?
0: No, I think it's everyone in Long Island, Nassau and Suffolk, it goes to it goes to the 31st. the 31st?
2: Yeah, yeah, but...
3: I'm not 31st, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm
2: honestly, I'm not sure. I don't know if it has to do with, do, like, if our tags cost less or more than because we're residents. I don't know. I mean, it, it could just be like a county thing. I'm, I'm honestly not sure why that is.
0: Yeah, because Westchester goes to December 31st and... I think the rest of the southern zone is a little bit earlier than that, and They're the same so with earlier. the northern zone. They, yeah, I think
3: they start earlier in the south too. But um, yeah, they think they start earlier and they end earlier. But we actually, I mean, we to break into your cliff. But technically, if we get the nuisance permit, they go to March thirty first.
0: <laughs> oh wow! <Yeah>. wow! <laughs> I think I gotta move out east.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow! I move this
0: way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so jumping over to Marissa, what's been your um, positive experiences when it comes to hunting, the hunting community or the industry?
1: Um, I would probably say like what Jackie was saying, um, it's brought a lot of new friends into my life who I can relate to, which was always hard. Um, Especially with female friendships, I just like—I always felt like I was the odd man out, for sure. <clears throat> uh, yeah, like you uh, should see—you
2: should see our group text between like the three of us, and like we—we <laughs> we go from you know hunting to nails to politics to outfits to planning events for okay. the you know Long Island babes and bucks and fundraisers. Like we. Yeah. We talk about everything, but, you know, hunting's always, you know, hunting and fishing are always involved, but, like, the conversation will literally go from hunting to what kind of snacks we're going to eat or, you know, whatever we're doing. <laughs> I just feel like
1: I've learned so much, and it's so nice to have, like, something that is a hobby and a lifestyle. I shouldn't even say hobby. It's a lifestyle, and it's nice to have something that's, like, an outlet where you can go out and, you know do what you love to do and even if you don't see anything like it's still nice i mean it sucks when you don't see something but it's still really nice to sit outside and detach rather than you know the hustle and bustle of living in new york it's just that's you're always in a rush like no matter what you're doing I i mean i personally Even when I'm driving to work, like I could be totally on time, and for some reason I'm still speeding there. I'm like, why? Why am I in such a rush? Like I'm always Mm -hmm. in a rush. And then when you're sitting in the tree, you can finally just like completely relax and not do any of that, which is really awesome. And that was like the first thing that I picked up on that Mm. I loved instantly about it. Nice.
2: Even yesterday, Marissa and I were fishing, and all we. (laughs) We would just casually be like, "So, do you think there's any deer under our stands right now?" <laughs> <laughs> we have some serious fear of missing. I know. I have.
0: I hand. have my.
1: Uh, I have a cell cam thing. I was constantly yeah. checking my phone. I'm like, is, there, "Is it a squirrel? Is it a deer? What do I got?"
0: Wow. All right. So, um, uh, to round this out a little bit, uh, I wanted to ask because I noticed you ladies held a little get together, a little fundraiser the other night. Um, so aside from you know just being um a group of women who support each other when it comes to hunting and and fishing um you guys also do events and fundraisers tell me yeah. a little bit about that
2: yeah so our first big event was in Ju- was in July um and that was when we were it was our first event for the group. So we were meeting, you know, all these girls and we had it outside to keep it COVID friendly. And Mm -hmm. we got tons of support and donations from local hunting and fishing shops. Like we didn't ask for a single thing. Everyone just wanted to be kind of like a part of what we were doing and really support it. You know, we got gift certificates, um, clothing items, uh, hunting items, fishing items, like all these things. And, um, you know, to raffle off, and we were donating to the New York Pippoli Crew for that event. So, you know, every event that we do, whether it's big or small, we like to make a donation. Um, We've donated to New York Pippoli Crew, New York Marine Rescue Center out in Riverhead. Um, uh, that we, our recent event was for the the North Fork um, Breast. Julia, was it North Fourth Breast uh, the Health First Coalition? Health Coalition. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, On the one before we, we that
1: was uh, uh, Spirits gonna... Equestrian. Uh,
2: Spirit yep.
1: And then, then we had a shooting. We had a that... shooting
2: competition with with guys and girls, and we donated to Vet Pets, and they find dogs, yeah. um, and they train them, and they give them to veterans that suffer from PTSD and like other mental health
0: issues. Wow. All right. Nice job, ladies. So. Um, I'm going to ask, um, one final question and, um, f- I'm going to ask from each of you, um, starting with Marissa, what is one tip, one piece of advice that you would offer to, um, a new female hunter, someone who's, who's maybe just, who who may be an archer or who's not even into archery, but is, is possibly interested in hunting.
1: I would say, um, just to any new hunter in general, sit with somebody first you know like uh especially if you didn't if you didn't have anybody in your family that influenced you if you didn't grow up around it i would definitely try to just sit with somebody one day um out in the field to get a feel for what it really is because you're not gonna see something every time it's not just a quick in and out there's a lot of um preparation So I think it's important first and foremost to really understand what it is because like I said it is a whole lifestyle like I shoot my bow all year round and I love it like I love archery in general but just aside from that the whole um, being a hunter you know it's it's not just a seasonal thing you have to live it so I would definitely say um, know what you're getting into first before you actually dive into anything.
0: Got it, Julia. What's your tip?
3: Um, <laughs> that when people are sitting in the hunter ed course, um, <laughs>
0: oh, I can't
3: believe, like, this. yeah, there's going to be a lot of things you're going to hear, and and you know, like, I'm just thinking, I was sitting there saying, Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I about the blood trail, and if it's shot here, and if it's shot there, and how's it going to look, and this and that. And then you get up there hunting, and everything that you think you learned, like book knowledge, just gets thrown out the window, and it's like, <laughs> Say. Like the stuff that you learn will make better sense once you go through the actions and do them, and then all of a sudden you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that's what he was talking about. Like, how I really did it," you know. So I would say, give yourself some, like just give yourself some time to like really experience it, and then it'll make sense to you later.
0: <laughs> got it. Got it. And Jacqueline.
3: Um, I was, I would suggest just, you know,
2: having confidence and, you know, be proud to be a hunter, be proud to be a female hunter. Um, you know, there's two twin girls, Ava and Ariana. They're, Mercy, how old are they? I
1: think they're. 12 or 13. Well, they're young.
2: And, you know, they tell me, you know, they're little that, that they don't have any girlfriends that hunt and they their mother loves bringing them to our events because, you know, they, they have a place to come. And we've had other girls say that now they have a place where they fit in. So, you know, it, be confident in who you are as a female hunter and angler and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And also don't get in a new relationship right before hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> unless
1: unless that person's a hunter. Oh,
2: yes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> That's just, you know, I, I remember I dated someone briefly hunting, like, for a hunting season. And it just, you know, our schedules didn't work. And it's like, no, I have to hunt. And they just weren't understanding that. And, you know, it was like hunting or a new relationship. And Sorry, I chose, chose hunting. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah, wow. just like like what Marissa said, you know, really know what you're getting into. And it's not just like a, you know, a, a, a few months around the year hobby. You're you're planning, at, like, all year round. You're scouting You're setting up tree stands, you're preparing, you need to shoot all year long to really perfect your skill. It's not something you just emerge on October 1st and you just start, you know, whacking arrows. Like, there's a lot of preparation and skill that go into this. And it's something that needs to be fine-tuned all year round, not just a week or two before opening day. Um, So, yeah, my takeaway points on that is just being confident as a a hunter, as a female hunter, as a male hunter, and um, just, you know, don't let anyone, you know, put you down or tell you differently
0: awesome words of advice ladies all right so final thing where can where can people find you ladies on social media
2: so you can find our instagram page which is public anyone can follow it it's long island babes and bucks we also have a facebook group page which is for women only so if you're a female you want to get into hunting or fishing or you do hunt and you fish it's a cool spot to check out we post all of our events we post any any anything anywhere from our dogs to Recipes to so what kind of boots do you wear, what harnesses are using, anything relating to hunting and fishing goes in there. We have a Facebook page, which you can like and you can see all the activity that goes on from our Instagram page. And then um, we all have our own personal Instagram pages, which we can all go and, and say. Uh, mine is J Molina319.
1: Mine is Li underscore bowhuntress.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'm Julia underscore C underscore. Roman
0: Chuck. All right. Perfect. Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time out to join me on this episode. I truly appreciate it. Thank,
1: thank you, it you for having us. us. All and right. Can I,
0: just,
2: can I just say really quick, I'm a huge supporter and fan of you. I love that you're based in Queens and you come out and you, what time do you leave in the morning? Do you have snacks? Like what, what do you do? <laughs> 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 That's our first question. To, to, yeah.
0: to, to, to be, to be honest. All right. So, all right, last year was a huge debacle for me. It was originally, supposed hunting was supposed to be a joint venture between myself and my cousin. Um, come to find out, he wasn't as into it um, over the last year as I was in terms of learning about it and so on. Um, so I only got the opportunity to hunt a total of three days last year. Wow. Um, yeah, um, but then, you, I mean, you couple that with my my work and family commitments, like, for example, my daughter played volleyball in her junior high school team for the first time, so I wasn't going to miss out on that you know what I'm saying to go hunting, especially being new to this and then my my eight year old son he started playing basketball for the first time again, also taking place during the fall into the Ooh, winter there
2: prime time fall
0: sports <laughs> exactly so um and the thing is uh to not to give a huge stop story, but as a kid growing up, I played sports, but my parents worked like you know uh six seven days a week so they never got to come to any of my games and i always swore that as a parent i wouldn't miss any of my kids games
3: so yeah
0: yeah so um like i said you add to that working like 50 plus hours a week Uh um and not and then realizing that you know my cousin wasn't really as into it as i was i didn't hunt as much now um this year whole different story Um, I actually scouted. uh, Well, actually, I should add last year, um, I should put out there that when I was kind of putting out feelers trying to find, you know, public land close to home, I remember being in, I took my hunter safety class in in FDR State Park, um, and I remember asking the instructors, oh, uh, is there public land in Westchester to hunt? They told me flat out no, that there's no public land in Westchester to hunt. So I thought... You know there was there was nothing really that close to home and i honestly um i honestly never thought of long island i really didn't. i just considered long island to be just a part of new york city and didn't think you could really hunt there um but then once i realized you could hunt there i was just like there must there probably isn't that much uh public land and it'd be difficult for me to head out there and get you know uh permission to hunt people's property so um fast forward to let's say about uh february march of this year someone from um a deer management program in angle fly which is in uh which is a preserve in westchester i uh, happened to see one of my posts reached out to me and where i was driving three hours last year i'm driving less than an hour to get to you know wow. public land now yeah. you know what i'm saying sure. so um i'm having i got the opportunity to scout it about like three or four times um and Hey, i'm just having fun with it i'm learning i mean i don't <laughs> get awesome. to yeah i don't get to get out there as often as i'd like but each day that i'm out there i'm soaking it up learning what i need to learn um and just enjoying the experience and um and in all honesty th- it seems like uh urban archery nyc uh if i'm correct will be growing i've got um yeah jackie uh, jacqueline i'm sorry um, you responded to my post last week about helping, um, you know, shack out and whatnot. I, a lot of yeah. people were, re- were really cool about helping out and whatnot. Um, so he's from the Bronx and he's got all his gear. He's even got, he surprised the heck out of me. Cause he just hit me up on, on Instagram and was just like, I've got all my gear. I've got my tags. Where can I go? You know what I'm saying? Um, and the thing was, he was just being kind of, um, he was just hesitant to pull the trigger on going out hunting because he didn't see anyone like himself that was doing it. Then he's got a friend. He already, he already has a friend taking their hunting safety class. I've got another guy out of here in Queens who reached out and he'd like to take the first steps of just you know turkey hunting first, then maybe deer next season. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm hoping to, to to grow this into rather than just myself, um, it being a whole group. And the same way you ladies, you know, establish a support system for you know women to go to, to feel comfortable. And, and, you know, share their experiences, uh, share maybe, um, you know, whatever pitfalls to avoid. Community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I can do the same for people within the five boroughs of New York City who want to hunt and just aren't sure how to do it.
1: That's
3: great, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely um, so. and, you know any if you're ever you know next time you're out here, you know shoot us a message we would love to meet up with you, yeah uh, maybe we could plan a hunt with you um that's it's great do you do you see a lot of um people like in your area in queens um that that hunt I, I like I have a few friends that live in like Staten island or the Bronx, but I feel like I don't see so many you know like in the main like Manhattan or queens.
0: I've got I've got um two guys at work that I know hunt. One lives out in Bayside Queens, another one lives out east. I'm a driver for UPS by the way. So um uh and then I've got there's uh some guys from Brooklyn I know that hunt. Um Oh, that's
2: great.
0: Yeah, so it's 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 growing. Like I I'm learning more and more about people cuz I it's like I wondered at first if it's just because of how um, you know, I think some people are worried about bringing it up that they do hunt because they're afraid of the, the backlash they may get from the anti-hunting community. Um, mm-hmm. so they don't necessarily share it on social media as much, but I'm realizing there is, albeit small, there, there's a, there's a pretty good contingent, a pretty good number of people within the fire boroughs that do. I've yet to meet anyone in Manhattan though, that hunts, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're, they're there. Cause even on my route as a driver, I've met. I've met people in Queens that hunt, but they don't do it anywhere near here. Like they're all going upstate. They're all going up to the Adirondacks to, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Or,
2: or Pennsylvania too. Cause I feel like yeah. it's just easier for them to get there than to Long Island.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's funny cause like, um, I've mapped out like some of the places that you guys hunt um, out East. And I realized like, it's no different than where I'm going now. It's like an hour, hour and a half tops. So oh, yeah. So, right. yeah, so um, okay. and then, and I've got another buddy who I took that same, um, well, I, I, he's not necessarily a buddy. I met him at the hunter safety class, and um, his mentors live out east. And yeah. so he drives from the Bronx all the way out to, um, where is it? Let me see if I can, um, I'm sorry, bear with me a moment. That's
1: got to be like at least two hour, two and a half hours.
0: Yeah, he goes out. All right, so this dude's from the Bronx, and he drives all the way out to Rocky Point to hunt.
1: Rocky oh wow point. okay yeah. rocky point is not like super out east but it's still but it's i so guess for you yeah, guys
2: but, mean, i know yeah, <laughs> yeah but sometimes but i don't coming... even want to wake up to go 20 minutes to one of my spots
3: <laughs> <I feel laughs> so, but,
0: so he's coming from the bronx and heading out there you know what I'm saying but that's because uh a bunch of the guys he works with and the people who mentor him they live out east and that's where they hunt so that's where he goes
2: that's great though. That's I, I love hearing from you, like all different like the, the diversity, you know, different people hunting. And I know you wanted to wrap this up. I just wanted to touch no, no, no on Long Island Babes and Box. We're, you know, we're a lot of these women are multicultural. Like I am part Hispanic. We have a few Hispanic girls, you know, so I love seeing women that are getting into hunting that maybe in their culture it's not really traditional. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. have girls from Texas, Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, Arkansas—that reach out to us. They find our itty bitty Long Island deeps and bucks. Page. They find they find our page and they message, they message us and they say we love your page. And for us, we look at them like, why? You're in like the hunting mecca of the United States but you like our page and they literally tell us because we post real women we we aren't posting and nothing wrong with those beautiful women in the bikinis holding the fish but they love seeing real women you know down and dirty like how Marissa Jenna and I when we go tuna fishing we're covered in tuna blood they love seeing real women (laughs) fishing you know we're baiting our own hooks we're just real women and they love to see that you know so it's a nice transition from those beautiful models that you see like on Pelagic you know, holding all those fish, It's you know, so it's nice to see someone that they can relate to and they look at us and go, wow, they can do that. So I can do that, too. So that's a so, lot of, you know, we love we love hearing that.
0: No, I, I can only imagine because I got excited when, you know, I said, like, just Shaq and then this other guy in Queens reached out to me. It's kind of confirmation that, you know, you're on the right path. You're doing the right yes. thing.
2: Absolutely. Yep.
0: All right. Well, ladies, thank you again. Um, I really you so appreciate Thank I much. really you so appreciate much. you guys Sunday great. night. Um, listen, if there's ever anything that uh, I can offer or help in any way, shape or form, uh, I don't know what I could do. But please uh, don't hesitate to hit me up.
2: Well, take oh, up well I go. can tell you for our next event, um, we would love to have you get involved. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure you have a fo- you have your following more in like Nassau and Queens. And, you know, I'm sure we can come together and really support, you know, um, a- an agreed upon organization. I think that would be great
0: yeah sounds like a plan
2: sounds good cliff
0: all right you ladies have a
3: blessed one have a good night you you too have a good night night.
0: bye all right ladies and gentlemen again that was Jacqueline molina marissa estadio and julia weisenberg the three co-founders of long island babes and bucks hope you guys enjoyed that episode um i know i did um do not forget, like they told you, they shared their their uh, social media info. Check them out on Instagram, at Long Island Babes and Bucks. And same name, Long Island Babes and Bucks on Facebook. Check them out there if you are interested in following, you know, giving them a follow on social media, liking their Facebook page and whatnot. All right. So um, thanks again, ladies. Really appreciate you taking the time out to uh you know speak with me i really appreciate it and i hope my i do believe my listeners did too um so it was a little after 1 a.m when i started uh recording and editing again um this particular episode it is now 2 10 a.m um and it is done um so like i said before i hope you guys enjoyed the episode don't forget, uh, tune back in next week when the episode will be available on time on Tuesday like it normally is. Really sorry, guys, that I wasn't able to get the episode out on time. Uh, I promise it won't happen again. Nah, uh, I can't promise that. I never know what's going to happen. Um, but that being said, you guys have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, stay blessed, y'all, and respect the journey, even when it's not your own.